You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the simple freedom of worshiping you and comfort. Thank you for planting us here together as we grow and change. Thank you um, for your word and your guidance. Thank you for the triumphs and the struggles. Thank you for this new year. Thank you that we are yours. I pray that um, our hearts are softened and open to listen to you when you call and um, I just thank you that we are your children. Amen. Happy New Year. Just think, you have perfect attendance for the year for being here today, and so, hey, you're doing something good. Stacy Irvine ate nothing but chicken nuggets for 15 years. She, she actually supplemented it with french fries from time to time, but, but no fruits or vegetables. She would just, she loved chicken nuggets, and that's all she ate for 15 years. Until one day, she had a hard time breathing, and her tongue swelled up. They rushed her to the hospital. They made an airway. They gave her an IV of the nutrients that her body needed. Uh, eventually, she recovered. But the doctor said, if you don't change your diet... If you don't start eating some nutritious things, you're going to die at an early age. I think that we're probably a little bit more like Stacy Irvine than what we like to admit. We like to eat junk food. We like to eat unhealthy things. And I'm not just talking about physical food. Uh, there was a man named Kenneth Burdine that says that we are in a famine, a famine of knowing God's word. We, we have it all around. In a normal famine, you just don't have food, but in this type of famine, we have Bibles. There's actually been five to six billion Bibles sold. There's been over 400 million downloads of version in the last 12 years. We have plenty of Bibles. Several of you have multiple Bibles at your house. I have several Bibles in my office and at my house. I've got Bibles. We have Bibles. But it's not just enough to have a Bible. It's not just enough to go to a store and buy healthy food. You can't just buy some apples and bananas and, and I don't know, uh, whatever other type of vegetables that you like. We, we can put them in the basket and we can bring them home and we can put them in the kitchen, but if we never eat them, it's not going to do any good. It's the same thing with the Bible. We can have Bibles, but if we never open it up, it's not going to do any good. Amos Chapter 8 says this, The time is surely coming, says the Sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread or water, but of 
hearing the words of the Lord. God was judging them. People will stagger from sea to sea and wander from border to border, searching for the word of the Lord, but they will not be able to find it. He basically said, hey, this is your punishment. You won't hear the word of the Lord. And there was a famine. You know what's ironic? Is those people wanted to hear the word of the Lord. They were searching for it. We have the word of the Lord all around us, but often we don't want it. We don't make it a priority. God commissioned Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. He says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall what? Meditate on it day and night, and so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. There's an obedience factor. It's not just reading. It's not just studying, but we also need to actually follow what it says. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, his joy is in the law of the Lord, and his law, he meditates what now? You think there's a principle here throughout the Bible that we might want to meditate, study, think about the Bible day and night, for he is like a tree that's planted by streams of water. And that's what we're trying to do here at Castle Hills Christian Church. We're growing trees, trees with great roots, deep roots that yields fruit in season. Its leaves does not weather, and all that he does, he prospers. How do we bear fruit? We're connected to Christ. We're connected to his word. I want you to realize that this year, our theme that we announced back in December is engage. We want to engage into what God's doing in our city, in our world. We want to especially engage in the Bible this year. That's why we're challenging you to read through the Bible uh, as you can see up on screen, if you've missed it, you can still start our Bible reading plan. All you have to do is to go to chccsa.info, click on Engage, download the YouVersion app. Uh, you'll see a Bible reading plan there. It, you may be a few days behind, but you can catch up. I promise you, you can catch up. You're just only a few days behind. And I got to tell you, I've been enjoying it. We've been reading through the book of Genesis. There's little videos that are about five or six minutes long that give you an overview of Genesis. I think this morning was on covenants. But I would encourage you, encourage you to read through the Bible. And you say, hey, I, Ronnie, I don't do that app stuff. I, I, don't, I don't like that. I use my phone as a phone. I don't do all, any of that stuff. If you need help, Richard is available to help you. I might be able to help you. But I can also find you a printed copy of some kind of Bible reading plan for you to go through. We just want you to plug in to God's Word. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at what is God's Word? What is the Bible? What does it do? Why does it matter? How does it change our lives? 
See, the Bible, it's, it's a book. It's actually 66 books. And, and Josh McDowell said this. The Bible has 40 authors written over a period of 1,500 years. Not by authors of the same education, culture, and language, but vastly different education, many different cultures from three continents with three different languages and about 100 subjects. Yet the Bible is, a, is unified, it has unity. The Bible tells a story. Many have called it God's story, called it a story of redemption, called it God's love letter, have called it his instruction manual. A few other definitions are up on screen. Some, some say that the Bible is a collection of stories and letters and poems that help us to understand who God is, what God has done, and what God is doing. The Bible is a narrative that shows us the mission and the identity of God. I really love this next definition. The Bible is a unified story that leads us to Jesus. That leads us to Jesus. The, the Bible delves in the past, the present, and the future. It's relatable and relevant regardless of culture. You know, one of the things that as we're trying to jump in and, and study God's Word, we realize that even though we know that we should read God's Word, that many Christians don't. Uh, a recent LifeWay research study found that only 45% of those who regularly attend church read the Bible more than once a week. 45%. Over 40% of the people attending read the Bible occasionally, maybe once or twice a month. Almost one in five churchgoers say they never read the Bible, essentially the same number who read it every day. Uh, there, there was a study done in the United Kingdom that surveyed British children, and they found many could not identify some of the basic Bible stories. When given a list of stories, one out of three didn't choose the nativity as part of the Bible. Over half of them, 59%, didn't know that Jonah was being swallowed by a great fish in the Bible. When they asked their parents, their parents didn't do much better. Uh, Kenneth Birding, the person who said that we're in a, a famine with, when it comes to Bible literacy, he was teaching a class in New York. And he asked his students to, to write a biography about one of the Old Testament characters. And, and he's reading some of these papers and this one paper that was on the book of Joshua, or on Joshua, uh, all of a sudden he sees this line, Joshua, son of a nun. He, he realized that this student didn't realize that nun was actually Joshua's father, didn't realize that nuns weren't part of the story back then, and didn't realize the Catholic Church would probably be pretty upset about this. You may say, oh, it was just an oversight. It's not that big a deal. But, but there's another story, and I don't know how true it is, but there was a young preacher that started a new ministry, and they said, hey, we want you to, to teach the boys' Sunday school class. The teacher's gone, and the preacher says, sure, no problem. And so he goes in, and he, he's talking with the kids, and, and he's asking these young boys, they're like, hey, what about this story? Do you know about this? And then he says, hey, who knocked down the walls of Jericho? And all those boys got really quiet, and they looked at each other. And finally, one boy 
He raises his hand. He says, sir, it wasn't me. <laughs> then the next boy, sir, it wasn't me either. And he just kept on going down the line, and all of them denied knocking down the walls of Jericho. And so he goes, the preacher goes to the next deacon meeting, and he, and he says, guys, our kids, they just don't know anything about the Bible. They, they don't know who knocked down the walls of Jericho. And, and he was just ratting about it. Finally, one season, deacon gets up or stands up and says, preacher, I know these boys. They're good boys. I've, I've been around since they were born. And if they said they didn't knock down the walls of Jericho, they didn't knock down the walls of Jericho. <laughs> I, I can tell you're bothered, preacher, and so what we ought to do is we ought to just take some funds from our maintenance fund, and, and we'll pay for those walls to be repaired. <laughs> you know, we laugh about not knowing certain things about the Bible, but it really is a big deal. Lifeway Research said this. They said that reading the Bible is the number one predictor of spiritual maturity. Reading the Bible is the number one predictor of spiritual maturity. If you want to grow in your spiritual walk, read the Bible. The Center of Bible Engagement uh, surveyed more than 200,000 people around the world about their spiritual life since 2003. And, and you're going to see a bunch of statistics come up on, on screen. Reading the Bible four plus times per week decreases your odds of giving in to these temptations, of being basically drunk, viewing pornography, of having sex without, outside of marriage, lashing out in anger, gossiping, neglecting family, overeating or mishandling food, mishandling money, uh, if you read the Bible four times per week, it decreases the odds of dealing with some of these issues, of feeling bitter, of thinking destructively about yourself, feeling like you have to hide what, what you do or feel, having a difficulty forgiving others, feeling discouraged, and experiencing loneliness. When you read the Bible, it changes your life. But here's what happens when you do read the Bible. Uh, it goes up 231% that you will disciple others, that you'll help other people grow in their walk. And it goes up 228% that you'll share your faith with others. So the more that we're in the Bible, we can't help but want to help people grow in their walk, and we can't help but want people to know about Jesus. A statistic that I didn't put up on screen was that when you read the Bible, you tend to be more generous with your money and with your time. That's what happens. But here's the statistic that really got me that, uh, from the Center of Bible Engagement. It says, the lives of Christians who do not engage the Bible most days of the week are statistically the same as the lives of non-believers. Think about that. The lives of Christians who do not engage the Bible most days of the week are st statistically the same as the lives of non-believers. That's why we are encouraging you to dig into God's Word. We believe that God's Word changes our life. We believe that changed lives through Christ happens by engaging God's Word. But I think that we're aware that we need to read the Bible. 
I, I think that most of you in this room, you say, yeah, I, I know I need to read the Bible, but, but so often we don't. And so I just wanted to ask you the question, why don't we read the Bible? And, and this is the part of the service that you participate. Why don't we read the Bible? We know we should read the Bible, but why don't we read the Bible? Not enough time. We don't have enough time. We're busy people. We don't have time to read the Bible. What else? It's boring. Yeah, it's, it's boring. Hmm? We're busy? Okay. Yeah, we're busy people. What else? It's confusing. Yeah, especially this Old Testament and New Testament. and Man, there's all kinds of things going on. It's convicting. Oh, yeah, we don't want to deal with that, right? Like, like if we read it and something hits us in our life, that means we might have to actually deal with it. Yeah, we don't like doing that. Somebody said it's old town. How it ends. Hmm? Oh, you've already read the book. You already know how it went in, so why do I need to? That's why we got other people up here to tell me what the Bible says anyway, right? I don't need to read it. What else? Any other reasons? Yeah, it's, it's hard to understand. I, I put a few reasons up on screen here. Some people say it's not relevant. Some people say it's boring, it's not, not enjoyable. We don't have enough time. I, I don't have a Bible. Th that's a reason. Which, by the way, if, if someone doesn't have a Bible, you let me know. I'll make sure you have a Bible. Plus, uh, if you have a smartphone or some kind of device, you can download version. There, there, there's no reason for you not to have a Bible, and, and I personally will make sure that you have one. I, I don't know where to start or how to study the Bible. It's, it's hard for me to understand. I, I have my doubts about the Bible. I'm skeptical. I, I mean, there's these things called miracles, and there's animals that talk and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, does that really go on? I mean, is that really true? Uh, it, it seems to have mistakes or contradictions. I mean, there's been some misprints and some Bible translations, and so how do I know that the Bible I have didn't have those? I'm not a reader. How many of you are not readers? Raise your hand. There's several of you that are not readers. Here's the, let me give you a little secret, okay? You version, you can play the audio version of the Bible, okay? So I'm going to take that little excuse off for you, Okay? So when you're driving to work, or you can put on your headphones while you're grocery shopping, and, and you can be listening to the Bible. I, I understand lots of people may not like to read, but listen to it audibly. Uh, I'm not disciplined. I, I'm, I'm lazy at times. I don't feel like doing that. Uh, it's not a priority to me. Uh, and as one, someone said, hey, I already read it once. Why do I need to keep on reading it? Now, I want you to take those excuses and I want you to think about making those same excuses for not eating food. You know, we've been eating tamales for generations. Can't eat tamales. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm too lazy to eat those Christmas cookies that's left over. You know, it's just not a priority for me to to get up to go to the pantry and get some food out and put it on the stove or even get in my car and, and drive to the store to do it. We all have excuses. Satan wants us to come up with excuses. 
He does not want you reading God's word. He doesn't want this church even talking about what we're talking about today. But what we're going to be committed to as a church is we want to engage the Bible. We want to engage the Bible. And and so the thought that I want to leave you with is Psalm 119. It, uh, we're actually going to be having a Sunday school class that's going to start studying Psalm 119 next week, 9 o'clock. Uh, some of you, you may say, hey, uh, one of my resolutions is I want to get involved in a Bible study. We have several Bible studies that's going on at 9 o'clock. We have one that's going to be going through Psalm 119, uh, another that I think talked about the Bible and talked about Bible reading plans, and I think they're talking about how to study the Bible next week. We have various classes going on at 9 o'clock, and, and, and it's just opportunities for you to dig in to God's Word. But Psalm 119 says this, and, and I, want you, I want us to read it together, okay? Starting at verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I stored up for your, your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Amen.